Sefer Bereshit, Parshat Lech Lecha, on fertility justice. Parshat Lech Lecha covers Genesis chapters 12 through 17, from God's command to Abraham to go forth to an unknown land, through God's announcement that Sarah will at long last give birth to her and Abraham's son Yitzchak. There's a lot to be said about the phrase this Torah portion is named for, go to yourself. But for now, let's focus on Sarah's struggle to have a child. In chapter 16, Sarah, then known as Sarai, is seemingly unable to bear a child with Abraham, then called Avram. So she tells Avraham to conceive one with her maidservant Hagar in her place. Avraham obliges. Sarai, Avram's wife, had borne him no children. She had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Avram, look, the Lord has kept me from bearing. Consort with my maid. Perhaps I shall have a son through her. And Avram heeded Sarai's request. The plan works. Avraham and Hagar together have Yishmael, who will become the father of a great nation. God then promises that Sarah herself will have a son with Avraham. And Avraham falls down and laughs. It's in our next parsha, Vayera, that Sarah is the one to laugh. And God says to Avraham, Avraham, as for your wife Sarai, you shall not call her Sarai but her name shall be Sarah. I will bless her. Indeed, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she shall give rise to nations. Rulers of people shall issue from her. Abraham threw himself on his face and laughed as he said to himself, can a child be born to a man 100 years old? Or can Sarah bear a child at 90? Considering the immense pain women and families endure, when experiencing infertility, it's easy to interpret Avraham's laughter at God's intervention as an expression of joy or near disbelief. Isaac's name evokes the Hebrew word for laughter, after all. Later in Bereshit, after Isaac's birth, Sarah expresses the same sentiment. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. Everyone who hears will laugh with Infertility is such a central part of the human condition that the Torah handles it repeatedly. All four matriarchs, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Veleya, face fertility challenges. Rachel's reaction in particular illustrates the emotional overload that comes with infertility and the attached social stigmas. Friends, we learn two generations down in Genesis. When Rachel saw that she had borne Jacob no children, she became envious of her sister. And Rachel said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. Jacob was incensed at Rachel and said, can I take the place of God who has denied you fruit of the womb? And in the Sarah Hagar saga, Sarah's reaction to the psychic pain is particularly upsetting. She gets so jealous of Hagar that she sends Hagar and Yishmael away into the desert. There's a lot of great and necessary Torah about Sarah and Abraham's treatment of Hagar here, but we'll bracket those issues for the moment. Despite the Torah putting infertility so directly in the foreground, 
Thousands of years later, we still struggle to talk about it. Women often suffer largely in silence and shame pervades social spaces that ought to be safe, sensitive and supportive places for those trying to conceive and carry children. According to the CDC, about 12% of women aged 15 to 44 years in the United States have difficulty getting pregnant or carrying a pregnancy to term. This substantial portion of the population made in the image of God, of course, is not broken or insufficient. And we have a responsibility to alleviate any societal pressure and stigmatization that may be exacerbating the already awful situation. Sensitivity should also be shown for males, of course, who experience fertility difficulties on their end at about the same rate. In Judaism, the traditional commandment to reproduce peru or vu is traditionally understood to be the man's obligation. So while the pain and pressure, pressure can often be greatest for women, men also experience this. Judaism allows and encourages in vitro fertilization as a way to help couples have children, but success rates are limited, less than half, and costs in the US can be prohibitive, often well over $10,000 per attempt. While Jewish law permits IVF, we should also note that Jewish law puts no obligation on couples who cannot conceive via regular means to undergo IVF. The classic Jewish sources, male-centered and pre-modern medicine, of course, cannot offer fully sufficient solutions for how to handle the difficulties of infertility. But that doesn't mean we can't pick up where the tradition has left off. Prayer, the most common traditional response, may not be enough for what some couples need. On the podcast, The Joy of Text, which covers the intersection between sexuality and Jewish law, Dr. Batsheva Marcus advised individuals facing infertility to make sure they're nurturing their relationship with their partner. She says, that can only go down the drain with this. Some strategies she suggested include create a fertility freeze time zone, set periods of time aside to have sex when you want and the way you want without worrying about fertility. Have meaningful conversations with your partner. While you certainly want to have a child, you don't want to lose the other relationship in your life. Reach out for help. For example, go to a couples therapist to make sure things don't spiral out of control. It's a trauma, Marcus said. People don't realize, realize how traumatic an experience this can be for couples, especially when it continues on and on. We see relationships fall apart because of this. And that is something we really don't want to see and something our community must be sensitive to. As a society, we need to make fertility treatments more accessible, be that through a better funded public health system or smaller scale community support. Additionally, friends, we can recognize adoption as a valid pathway toward family building. Still, we understand why people would want to, like Sarah, have biological children of their own, and individuals should have the right to affordable treatment access to make this dream a reality. Some Jewish organizations that do work on these fronts include the Jewish Fertility Foundation, Chasidah, Chizuk, Conceivabilities, Embryo Connections, Nechama, Pua Institute, the Bone Olam, which gives grants to people seeking in vitro fertilization, 
Yesh Tikva, which offers support groups for people experiencing infertility. A Time, which provides a plethora of services to meet the specific needs of observant families with fertility problems. And Yatom, which helps fund families to adopt and foster vulnerable children. Friends, infertility is an issue that the Jewish people have had to face since their very inception. Maybe one day we can eradicate it, but today we have a responsibility to make it a burden that is as medically and socially easy to bear as possible. Shabbat Shalom.